on 88.3 Southern FM. This is The Scout Show. This is The Scout Show. This is The Scout Show. Welcome to this month's edition of The Scout Show. My name's Taya and I'm a venturer. And joining me here today is another venturer, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, Taya. How are you going? Pretty good. Well, coming up this month, we have the usual top five segment, which was hosted by Olivia as well as games and interviews and much, much more. The Scout Show Podcast. Welcome back to The Scout Show. It's now time to take a listen to this month's My Top 5 segment, which was hosted by Olivia. The Scout Show's Top 5. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Olivia here and I'm back with the monthly edition of My Top 5. This month I'll be sharing with you my top five favourite meals to make at camp, whether it be for brekkie, lunch or dinner. Five. Up first at number five we have toad in the hole. A toad in the hole is simply an egg cracked into the middle of a piece of bread after a hole is cut in the middle. It is then put onto a barbecue to cook. A quick and yummy breakfast or even a snack for lunch, toad in the hole is a classic. Four. Next up is toasted sandwiches. Toasties are easy to make and can be filled with anything and are great for any time of the day. They are good to cater for everyone, and toasties have always been and will continue to be favourites of campers. To the top three now, we have chicken schnitzel. Schnitzel is one of my all-time favourites. It's super versatile too. You can have it as it is, make it a palmer, put it in a burger. Whatever you do with it, it's bound to be a crowd pleaser. For my runner-up, we have the good old snags in bread. Everyone loves a good snag in bread, no matter whether it's for brekkie, a good lunch, or an easy dinner. Whether it be tomato sauce, mustard, or onions, that's all you need, and you're set. Number one. Finally, the ultimate dish for any camp. You may be asking yourself, what could be better than anything you've already listed? Well, it's easy. Tacos. If I could manage to convince my campmates to agree, I'd have them for every meal possible. A shell, minced meat, salsa, sour cream, lettuce and cheese. What more could you want in life? Tacos are the best, especially if you're looking for a quick and tasty meal for everyone to share. That was my top five favourite camping meals and I hope you all enjoyed it as well as got more ideas for your next camp menu. Take it easy and I look forward to joining you guys again soon. The Scout Show's Top 5 Thanks Olivia. That was the Top 5 on The Scout Show. And remember, if you have an idea for the next Top 5, please get in touch. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Jacob. We're two of the 50 million scouts around the world. We hike, camp, sail, canoe and climb. It's awesome. Outdoors is our playground and where we learn. From the age of five, we learn to care for ourselves and for others. And together, we develop new skills while we have fun. Scouts is less screen time and more reality. It's about making friends for life. Scouts prepares you for life's adventures. Check out your local scout group at joinscouts.com. This is The Scout Show. You're listening to The Scout Show. It's now time for Unit Council, which was once again hosted by Tom. Take it away, Tom. This is The Scout Show's Unit Council. Thanks, Taya. Welcome to the second edition of The Scout Show's Unit Council. Today, I'm joined by a new cast of Finn, Ruben, Smilly, and of course, my wonderful co-host, Taya. The virtual campfire has been lit, and now it's time for the topics. Okay, so now we're in term four and holidays are coming up, the summer holidays. So 
hopefully, if restrictions are relaxed a bit further, which holiday spots are you most looking forward to visiting after lockdown's ended? Ruben? Um, I'm looking forward to going to Achuca. So, what, what's about Achuca that's so interesting? Uh, just like being up on the Murray with the nice warm weather. Yeah. How about you, Sam? I'm going to say um, it's definitely the uh, hike that you and I are planning for after these exams are over. We're going to get out and just hike, just the two of us. Definitely looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that too, to be honest. Um, anyway, uh, talking about Term 4, Taya, what's one thing that you're looking forward to when you get back to school? Um, well, honestly, I'm back at the moment just half time, but it's it's a bit confusing. It's a bit weird being half back, half not. So just being back full time, getting to see everyone, not just those people in specific classes and just going back into normal routine, basically. Yeah, I can imagine. How about you, Finn? What have you been most looking forward to? Oh, well, I've actually been playing uh, cricket since we went to school around a week ago. So cricket's been really fun, just um, hitting very fast shots and getting lots of runs. So looking forward to cricket, I see. Yeah. So guys, now it's time for a bit of a more serious question. Smilly, is it safe to ride your bike with headphones in? What's your opinion on this? Look, I think it's just um, it's a bit of a danger running your bike with with headphones in because you your your spatial awareness goes down considerably. Uh, you're not able to tell what's around you. It's sort of like uh, you can't hear cars coming out behind you, that sort of stuff. So if you're riding, especially on the road, as you're not really meant to be riding on the footpath, if you're riding down a road, um, you can't really tell if there's a car coming out behind you if you got your headphones in and blaring music. So I think uh, now try and avoid wearing those headphones. Yeah. And how about you, Taya? What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, look, I agree with Sam. It's when you're on the road, especially, it can be very dangerous with cars. You're less aware of your surroundings. And even on the bike path, honestly, people wouldn't question as much there. But there are people around you everywhere. Cyclists might be coming around you and just pedestrians. And it can be very dangerous if you're just less aware of what's going on around you. So just to be safe, I would steer away from doing it if you can. Yeah both sage advice anyway um moving on to a much more relaxed topic uh finn what's your favorite tv show that you've been watching over the past few months oh this is easy ncis it's like so good about it well i just love how um funny it is i love the characters um and i just love uh the investigative aspect of it and i i just love everything about it i love the story i love um characters i love just basically everything about it it's just a great tv show overall would you recommend yes i would definitely recommend it to anyone that likes uh crime movies slash shows and um comedy movies and shows yeah how about you ruben what have have you been watching any shows lately um, I wouldn't say it's one particular really show, but like a topic or like genre of show that I've been watching a lot was like the questionnaire shows like The Chase and like just fun because like you can like try and guess and see if you can get the questions right and it's just like competitive within the family. How about you, Sam? Oh, I've been uh, enjoying some of those uh, crime TV shows that uh, Netflix has, some of the real nice sort of uh, longer TV shows like uh, Hannibal, that sort of stuff. Uh, not for the, the young, but it's definitely one of my favorite TV shows that I've ever watched. 
Uh, how about you, Taya? Um, honestly, I've been watching some very random TV shows, basically just any that my friends have been suggesting, including um, Vampire Diaries. I started watching Friends, which I probably should have watched years ago, but... Oh, Friends. Classic. I love Friends. And, yeah. Friends, yeah so- Friends is pretty good. Yeah. Where do you find it? Um, just on Netflix. That's where I'm watching it. Yeah, okay. That wraps up our unit council segment for this month. I hope everyone enjoyed. And if you have any ideas for us to talk about in the next unit council, feel free to um, get in contact with us at the Scout Show at scoutsvictoria.com.au. And until next time, meeting adjourned. Thanks, Tom. And remember, if you have a topic you would like discussed at the Scout Show's next unit council, please send us an email at thescoutshow at scoutsvictoria.com.au. We'll be back after this short break here on 88.3 Southern FM. You're listening to The Scout Show. So what did you do on the weekend? Oh, you know, just stayed at home, acted as a taxi for the kids. Mm. (laughs) There's just never enough time to get things done. You? I went hiking and canoeing with the kids and got qualified as a snorkelling instructor. But I know what you mean, the weekends really are too short. You did all that? Yeah. I mean, why should the kids have all the fun? Join Scouts as a leader. You'd love it. The kids would too. Do it. Just go to joinscouts.com.au. You're listening to The Scout Show. Last month, our Meet a Leader segment featured Rowan Lambert. We're doing a joint night with a rover crew in Brazil, so... That's hopefully going to be pretty interesting and, you know, it just goes to show that when we do go online, it does give us more opportunities to do something that we probably wouldn't usually in a hall or, you know, an in-person environment. So, you know, there is lots of options to do online. So, um, you know, I encourage everyone to, I know it's hard to think of new activities every week, but it, it is still a good way to interact and see everyone's face week to week. So, yeah, it's been a Interesting, but a good change. To listen to the full interview, you can catch up by searching The Scout Show wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting anchor.fm slash scoutsvictoria. This month, Zach spoke to David Searle, who is the District Commissioner for Sunraysia and was the production director of the Sunraysia Gang Show for 25 years. Take a listen. The Scout Show's Meter Leader. Hi, Zach here with The Scout Show. In today's Meet the Leader, we have David Searle. David, hello. Hello, how is everyone? Not too bad, thank you. Uh, For anyone who is listening to the show and doesn't know who you are, can you give us a quick overview of your involvement with Scouts? Yeah, sure. Well, I've been in Scouting since I was eight, so that's about 46 years. Gone all the way from Cubs, Scouts, Venturers, Rovers, become a leader and now I'm currently the District Commissioner for Sunraysia District Scouts in Mildura. <laughs> so you've been doing it for a short amount of time then. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say it's my religion because it's in my blood and, it, and they're probably right. So you said you started at the age of eight. How did you originally get involved with Scouts? Yeah, well, I'm uh, one of five children in my family and mum and dad wanted to get us into something that uh, was outdoors. And uh, we just happened to live around the corner, virtually 100 metres or so around the corner from the scout hall. So uh, mum took us around there, me around there one night when I had just turned eight. They didn't have Joey's way back then, unfortunately. Joey's only turned 30 this year. So, But a couple of my, uh, my younger siblings have, have been through all the sections as well. So yeah, so it was a, it was a matter of just uh, getting in the outdoors. We love camping as well and, and being in outdoors in the bush and that sort of stuff so mum thought scouts would have been good for us and uh that was the end of that story we've i've been there for the rest of my life basically (laughs) and we'll continue to because it's fantastic 
It really would be rude to turn down an opportunity to go camping, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, so being in Scouts so long, you've obviously seen it progress uh, through a whole range of different changes. What do you think are some of the biggest changes you've seen come and go? Yeah, certainly. Uh, there's been a couple of big changes that I can recall. Certainly a couple of uniform changes in colour and style and that sort of stuff. Um, so, so that was obviously always big when we're doing that particularly when we try to be out in the public eye and getting noticed and all that sort of stuff. So certainly uh, going from the old khaki when I first started into into the combination of khaki and sort of the, the deep olive green, and then, and then now we're into the blue uniform, so the navy blue. So, yeah, I think it's all, that's all been good. I think it's progressed with the times. It's um, gone with the trends and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's been really good. Probably the other the other major thing is obviously many years ago we we had the uh, change in the program it was only sort of a minor change compared to what we're doing currently but uh, yeah keeping up to date with and relevant to the youth members and that sort of stuff I think is probably the other big thing that's that that I've seen come along along the way so which has all been really positive as well. Speaking of the new system, obviously the badge work has sort of changed. Have you through your scouting career achieved any of the big awards? Yeah, I um, picked up a couple along the way just because of my love of scouting, obviously. Got my gold boomerang in Cubs. I got my uh, uh, adventurer level badge uh, in Scouts. And then I got my Venture Award and Queen Scout Award in, in Venturers. So, yeah, I've been pretty honoured to be a, a Queen Scout. Uh, so it's certainly one of the highlights of my scouting career. It's always good to be rewarded for the hard work that you put in. Now, I do believe you were the production director of a gang show for a few years. <laughs> yeah, just a couple. I am um, on the previous producer, Sunraysia Gang Show here in Mildura, and um, I'm, I was the third production director. Um, so I took over from uh, Hugh Twaddle back in 1995 and produced that uh, our show f- to up until last year. Uh, so, I, so I was produ- production, actually production director for 25 years. So yeah, which was a real honour and, and absolutely loved my gang show and will continue to be involved and, and help out wherever I can going forward as well. And for some people who may be interested, how exactly did Sinoresia Gang Show come about? Yeah, so it started sort of, had its early years back in sort of the, the late 60s and early 70s where we did a couple of gang shows with Melbourne Gang Show and also a show with Adelaide Gang Show, was sort of a combined show. And then we we had, a, we had a couple of attempts to get off and running in sort of the early to mid-70s, and then we actually got our show up and running in 1977. So from 1977 through to, to this year, we've been a continually running show, although unfortunately due to COVID, we haven't been able to run this year's show, along with pretty much every other gang show around the world, which is very unfortunate. But we'll continue to – we've run different things, and then the production director, Jared Sell, has, uh, has uh, been working really hard with yourself, Zach, in the background and running workshops and other things to to keep all of our gang and backstage crew entertained and and up to date with everything that's happening as well so that that's that's been really different but but lots of fun along the way as well yeah it certainly has been a bit of a different year uh, with everything going on but i think people that are involved with the show have been excited to stay involved with the show online now 25 years is no mean feat how did you originally get involved yeah, well, I was a part of the Calkine Venturers here in Irimple, where which is, which was my home group, I suppose, the Irimple Scout Group, and uh, we were asked to come and usher for the uh, front of house team. So the first couple of years, that's what I did. It's actually just ushering, 
back in about 1982, 83, somewhere around there. And uh, yeah, basically decided that, oh, this is something I really like. Wouldn't mind doing something backstage. So as I said, did ushering for the first couple of years, then joined the backstage crew and uh, built the scenery and painted and all that sort of stuff. Bumped it into the theatre and just worked backstage as a stagehand for a couple of years. Then got on production team. And then from there, basically, was the technical director in charge of all the backstage areas for a number of years, um, as well as did a couple of years on stage as well. Don't mind strutting my stuff back in the early days. So it was always good fun being on stage and performing to live live audiences. And then, yeah, then Hugh Twaddle, our previous director prior to myself, uh, decided to move to Sydney for work purposes. And uh, I was lucky enough to get the Guernsey as the new producer. And yeah. Probably uh, from there, continued in Hugh Hugh's footsteps and also Michael Saunders, our first producer, to develop our show from there on up until last year when I re- retired as producer. And 25 years later, you thought you might just have a quick break. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was time give give some uh, some some uh, younger youth uh, members of a go and uh, get some y- younger blood in there. It's actually been a real highlight of my scouting career also is, is being involved in gangs and being able to produce such a fabulous show for all of our, our local youth scouts and guides. It'll probably be uh, well over a thousand youth members that have been on stage um, during my time and that's been a real highlight to see them start uh, at the first rehearsal each year, sort of early March, and then see how they progress to be fully-fledged stage performers in the July school holidays generally. So, yeah, that's been a real highlight. Yeah, it's always good fun performing on stage and having worked underneath you uh, personally, it was a really great experience. So, thank you for that. Now, a rumour has it that back when Princess Di visited Mildura, you may have had a small role to play there. Yeah, I was was very, very lucky to be selected as one of the uh, door openers for the Lady Di and Charles visit back in the uh, mid-80s, and um, I'd just received my Queen Scout Award at the time, so um, I was one, along with your dad, Wayne, Zach, um, was one of the other people, along with a couple of other guides that were uh, lucky enough to be official door openers, so I got to be down at the new fountain at the bottom of 7th Street and Deacon Avenue, just on the overlooking the Murray River there. I was lucky enough to open the door for both Lady Di and Prince Charles at that time when they pulled up and got to say hello. And yeah, that was uh, a real highlight. There was thousands of people there that day. It was just absolutely magic. Nice hot day. It was typical Madura, Madura day as well. Nice and sunny and hot and uh, put on a fantastic day weather-wise for, for the Royals. It was, yeah, fantastic. Now, that must have been an insane once-in-a-lifetime experience. Uh, how exactly does someone get picked for this? Did they just draw your name out of a hat or was there some other sort of prerequisite you had to do beforehand? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm not real sure how I got nominated. I, I think it may have been somebody sort of uh, higher up in, in the scouting here in St. Raja were, were asked to provide some names or some nominees as part of that. And uh, at the time, obviously, as I said, I had just received my Queen Scout Award. So uh, my name obviously got thrown into the into the hat, so to speak, and uh, was selected to do that. So, yeah, there was, I think there was four or five of us that uh, had to, four or five door openings. So there's four or five of us there. 
Um, and we met at uh, Merith Turner's place, uh, one of the, the guide mums at the time. And uh, yeah, we were briefed and debriefed and that sort of stuff as to what we had to do and the protocols for addressing the royal couple and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, there was it was quite quite a big day. And it was a long day as well. I remember like we were, I, I don't think the door opening happened till sort of 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, but we had to be at uh, Mayor of Turner's place at sort of about six o'clock in the morning, ready for all the debriefs and all that sort of stuff and the protocol to go through and waited and waited. And we could hear him coming down the down Deacon Avenue because all the crowd was erupting into applause and welcoming them to Sunraysia and Muldura. So yeah, it was a lovely feeling. I still recall that today. Yeah, again, it's absolutely insane to have that opportunity. Now, as you've already mentioned, you wear a number of different hats within the scouting community. Uh, as the District Commissioner for Sunraysia District, how do you see scouting as a whole and how it's going to progress into the future? Yeah, um, scouting, for, scouting in Mildura and Sunraysia certainly uh, is looking really, really positive. Uh, we've got, uh, we've probably got as many youth members now as what we did have 10 years ago. We've sort of been sort of, uh, quite consistent over the last 10 years. Um, and uh, that's really positive for young members, particularly because there's so many other different things they could be out there doing. Uh, we can always do better. And we're certainly, uh, working on a program at the moment for, for once we get out of COVID and able to get a bit more outdoors and back indoors even to uh, do a bit more promotion to help uh, get more youth members for a number of different groups. Our Madura troops at 5th Madura and 2nd Madura are always going really well. Got upwards of 60, 70, 80 members at any one time, which is fantastic in all sections. Uh, outer line, little towns struggle a little bit, but certainly they're running Cub and Scout sections and, and Joey Scouts wherever we can as well. So uh, I'm really uh, hopeful that uh, our numbers will continue to increase over the next few years. Again, uh, always looking for more leaders and that sort of stuff to get involved. We've been really lucky in the last couple of years to pick up some uh, some leaders that are already trained that have moved into our district. Um, so that's always a bonus. We don't have to worry about training and, and going all the way down to Melbourne, which is um, six, seven hour drive for us just to get to Melbourne. And then if it's a Gilwell, then it's another hour, hour and a half just to get to there. So with online training, that's been a blessing. Certainly that's probably another change uh, that I, we, I could have mentioned earlier. Uh, certainly has assisted rural leaders that are wanting to become leaders and that sort of stuff. And that's been a fantastic new initiative. And that continues to develop uh, each year and uh, be updated and uh, rolled out across across Victoria and Australia. So that's been really good. What would you have to say to the parents right now that are listening and thinking about possibly becoming involved with Scouts? What I'd say is uh, get involved, become a parent helper, an adult helper. Come along to your local scout troop and uh, offer to help out wherever you can. Get on the roster. Most groups uh, have a roster for parent helpers. And uh, let the uh, leaders know. The more hands we have as leaders and assistant leaders, uh, the easier it is for everybody. All, of, all the leaders love being uh, involved with youth members and all the activities that they do. So that's one thing I really do love about uh, scouting is that the whole family can get involved. There's no other organisation or enterprise, I suppose, or company that you can actually get involved and do everything that your 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 children can do with with you at the same time. Well scouting is one of those things. Um, you can go go for a for a paddle down the river or go for a hike down the local park or whatever. Uh, it can be done as a family and uh, 
we're always looking for extra sets of hands just to help out. Again, it could be either as an adult helper or as an assistant leader. I'd encourage you to get involved, have a bit of a go. And um, if you really like what you do and assisting all the youth members, well, then sign up to be a leader. Um, as I said, many hands make light work and uh, we're always looking for additional extra set of hands to help out. And, and more importantly, the satisfaction that you get out of it is really fulfilling as well. And that's one thing I do love about uh, be- being a leader is that you can help out all of our youth members and see them achieve what they want to achieve, which is fantastic. Yeah, it certainly is fantastic. And uh, as I think you said, it's also very rewarding to be a leader as well. As a scout, David, there's obviously plenty of opportunity to do some traveling uh, to events and camps and whatnot. What are some of the ones that you've been to that have stuck with you through your scouting career? Absolutely love scouting for this opportunity. Uh, What have we got now? Kangaroos, Cubberies, Jamborees, Ventures and Rovermoots. Gives all of our youth members a fantastic opportunity to go and do a national or international event. Uh, and not only within Australia, but also around the world. That's the other great thing about scouting. We are a worldwide organisation and the biggest one of that. Um, so we get the opportunity to be able to travel and join in all these different activities. I, I've been really, um, really privileged to be able to attend what, three jamborees and uh, was lucky enough to do a venture back in Frankston, back in the, would have been probably the early 90s. And I've been able to do travel and actually went to a New Zealand uh, rover moot back in the mid 80s as well. So, um, and that was really special. That was uh, Christchurch and uh, got to go up to the snow and go on a helicopter up onto the Fox glaciers and all that sort of stuff. So scouting gives us all those opportunities to be able to do everything we want to do to go to a major event. Uh, whether it's a national one locally here in Australia or internationally overseas. And and certainly I know there's been a number of uh, our youth members over the last 10 or 12 years that have had the opportunity to go over to, overseas to Iceland and to England, the UK and uh, other other places like that for major national uh, international events, which is an absolutely life-changing uh, event for them as it was for me when I went to New Zealand. Yeah, it definitely is good to get out and about and travel around, whether it's in your yeah, home state or your country or or even internationally. Well, that's about all we have time for. Uh, thank you very much, David, for taking the time to come and chat with us. Thank you very much. This is the Scout Show podcast. You're listening to The Scout Show. It's now time for a brand new segment here on The Scout Show, which we like to call Would You Rather. Over to you, Bjorn. Thanks, Tom and Taya. It's now time for The Scout Show's newest segment, Would You Rather?, Today, we've got Brendan and Steph playing along. Hey, guys, how are you going? Not too bad. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, thank you. That's good. Well, Would You Rather is a very simple game to play. So, basically, I'll read out two topics and you'll need to pick which one you prefer. Does that all make sense? Perfect sense. Yep, perfect. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it. Question one, stretcher or sleeping mat? Let's start off with Brendan, stretcher or sleeping mat? Radio. I've had a long history with sleeping mats. They are awful. Every single time they deflate and I'm just sleeping on the floor. And like the roll-up ones aren't much better either. Stretches are just 100 times more comfortable than any sleeping mat ever existing. Yeah, and I'd have to agree too, especially when it's like at camps and it starts raining and everything and you get water in, you get water in the tent and then it goes all over your bed and then you're sleeping on a wet bed, which doesn't. Yeah, it's a water mat. So what about you, Steph? Uh, stretcher or sleeping mat? Well, I'm in two minds about this one. So one side of me says, oh, yeah, stretchers are really comfortable and they're 
you can like put your bags under them and stuff, but I'm also pretty lazy, so I can't be bothered setting up a stretcher. So, hmm, it would have to, I, I reckon it would, it also depends on whether I'm hiking or camping, but if I'm going for the comfort factor, definitely the stretcher. Awesome. Well, let's move on to the next topic. Um, scarf over the collar or under the collar? This one is very controversial. Uh, Steph, do you want to kick us off? Well, I have one statement to make about this. Why spend all the time designing a scarf if you're just going to hide it under a collar? Obviously, they've got to sit on top. Yeah, I agree. It's probably also much easier to take it off because you can just take it off instead of having to flip the collar up and then take it off. So, yeah, what about you, Brendan? Scarf over the collar or under the collar? I've never in my life heard or seen someone put it under the collar. It's just never takes a second thought. You just wrap on your neck and then that's that. So I, I just don't think it's uh, worth the effort to put it under your collar unless you're at some formal occasion. Even then, I don't see anyone doing it. So in terms of what I've seen, yeah. Yeah, so I think scarf over the collar wins out of the three of us. Now moving on to the next topic. This one is probably pretty, pretty obvious, but face-to-face scouting or scouting at home. Do you want to kick us off, Brendan? Hmm. Okay, let me think. Uh, oh, yeah, it's face-to-face scouting <laughs> is, the, is my answer because although over Zoom you can do a bunch of online stuff on like more online games. But if you really wanted to, you could also do that on a regular venture at night. So I think at home, there's just more limitations than compared to -to face-to-face where you can do everything you could do online plus infinitely more. I guess the only thing you can't do is mute other people. (laughs) Yeah, that's um, a good good feature, but it's a a small price to pay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What about you, Steph? Face-to-face scouting or scouting at home? For this one, I'm in two minds. One side of me is is very accessible and it's easier to get to a Zoom call rather than having all the travel time that is involved with getting to and from halls. But you just miss the social aspect of scouting and we've missed so many camps and so many opportunities this year being scouting at home. But then saying that, scouting at home has also opened up a lot more opportunities for other bold people as well. So I think everyone's a bit half and half, but I reckon nothing beats better than being able to go out camping and spend time with your friends. So I reckon it's definitely face-to-face scouting for me. Yeah, 100%. Well, the next one, jacket or jumper? Well, let's start off with Steph. For this one, I'm definitely a jumper person. I don't like zip-up jackets. I think I like wearing uh, hoodies. They're my favourite. I have, especially during ISO, hoodies are the the best. I've even gotten woody. Don't know if that counts, but I'm sure it does. So, yeah, definitely jumpers are my favourite. Not a big fan of the zip-up, so yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Brendan, what do you think? Oh, I don't really mind either of them, but I think I'd be leaning towards a bit more of a jumper. Although a jacket, you can, if it's like, if it's really cold, like depends on that temperature. Jumper, definitely, if it's, you know, really cold. But if you just want something to cover your arms, then a jacket's pretty good because people can also see your shirt as well. But I think in terms of comfort, a jumper is the way to go. Yeah, I agree. But I would also say it's probably much easier to put on a jacket because you just grab it and you put it on. As opposed to a jumper, you need to somehow get it over your head, which, believe it or not, can sometimes be a big struggle. Yeah, definitely. Well, moving down to the next topic now, running or walking? I guess both are very different, but normally, which one do you prefer, running or walking? Brendan, do you want to kick us off? Running because it's faster. Yeah, that's it. But yep. you know, 
obviously when you're walking with friends, uh, you don't run, you uh, you walk when you're walking. You wouldn't be running with a group of people. Running just feels better. And what about you, Steph? Well, I don't, I don't prefer either, to be honest. If I, My choice of uh, exercise would be cycling. But if I had to choose out of either of them, it would have to be walking. I love walking my dog to the dog park, so I reckon that's my favourite, yeah. Awesome. Well, the next one is very controversial as well. Cat or dog? Do you want to kick us off, Steph? I am definitely a dog person. I, I have a dog myself. I love my dog. I have a cat as well, and I think the connection you form with a dog is definitely on a different level. So, like, I love sleeping with my dog and cuddling with watching Home and Away with my dog. So I think, yeah, everything I would choose to do with a dog rather than a cat. So, yeah, I'm definitely a dog person. And, Brendan, I know you own a cat, so... Uh... I do. I own two. What? Yeah, that must mean I'm a cat person. And you'd be correct. Uh, I just feel like they're way more independent than a dog. You can leave it and, <laughs> you know, as long as you give it food and water, it'll uh, be alive. And maybe a bit of attention. But in terms of under their they're soft, I know you feel this way, Bjorn, as well. They're better when petting them compared to dogs, although you get you can get some fluffy dogs, but I feel like cats are better when you're petting them. Yeah. Yeah, I think cats in general are fluffier. <laughs> Fluffy's good. Yes. Well, I guess this brings us to our last two topics, uh, camping during winter or camping during summer. They both have pros and cons. Brendan, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Comparatively, comparing like winter and summer, if especially when hiking, winter probably would be the better option compared to summer because the problems that occur, the solutions are easier to get to when compared to summer. So like if you're sleeping in a tent and if, and if it gets cold, you put on another layer. And if, if it's really hot, the tent during summer, there's not much you can do except open the door. But if it's at night, then you might not want to do that. So stuff like that comes into play a lot. So I think winter is definitely better. Awesome. And Steph, what do you think? Summer or winter for camping? So I'm definitely a summer person for camping. Well, it depends if it's like in the bush and it's like very hot and like really hot. Probably not so much, but like a nice beach or camping or maybe like at a river. I think that, yeah, I reckon summer. I definitely don't like like rugging up and putting a lot of layers on. So, yeah, I reckon summer. Fantastic. Well, that's all the topics for today's Would You Rather. If you have any topics you would like featured next time, please get in touch the Scout Show at scoutsvictoria.com.au. We would love to hear any topic ideas you might have. But until then, thank you so much for listening and thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Steph. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thanks for having me. No worries. That was the Scout Show's Would You Rather. Let us know if you've got any topics you would like featured in our next Would You Rather. Well, that practically wraps up the show for this month. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you like, share and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have any suggestions for segments or anything you want to hear on the podcast, get in touch with us at The Scout Show at scoutsvictoria.com.au. Thanks to everyone who is involved in the making of this month's show. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. And until next time, keep keep scouting.
The Scout Show. The Scout Show. The Scout Show. The Scout Show. The Scout Show.